Thank you very, very much. Please be seated. And thank you very much, Pastor Jared. I'm very grateful for that young man. Well, I thought we'd do something a little bit different this morning. Hence the chair. No, I'm not that lazy that I don't want to stand behind the pulpit anymore and I've got to that age where I'm like, you know, well, that's, that's for the, old, the younger ones. I'm a bit older, so I'm going to sit down. That's not the case. But uh, I thought we'd just have a bit of a chat this morning and uh, I hope that's okay with you. Um, so uh, I've got a lot to get through uh, this morning, really, so I'm going to get started pretty much straight away. But uh, thanks very much for being in church this morning, of course, online. It's great to see you, well, know that you're there um, and... Uh, and uh, I, I so appreciate and so feel so very privileged every opportunity that I get to do this. And so uh, anyone who knows me knows that um, I spend about 45 minutes every single morning uh, doing what I call Kalatis. That's the Cali form of Pilates. Unfortunately, my Pilates instructors would be very upset with the way I go about things, but it works best for me, and so I've called it Kelly or Kalates. And it involves uh, stretching and balancing and breathing and cardio and a whole bunch of sorts of things, and I've developed this routine, and, and I've become very intentional about it. In fact, if I can't do the whole routine every single morning, I'll do at least part of it, because I just know that even though I don't always get up and think, wow, I'm going to do my you know, kalates this morning and I feel really awesome about that, I just know that the best way for me to face every single day, for me, is to do my kalates. I just feel a whole lot better and it just makes me uh, uh, know that uh, when I've got everything moving and I've had a chance to just get that sorted out, then I just feel better in myself and I feel like I can face uh, what's coming in the day. Uh, to be honest, if I want to uh, maintain my physical strength and, uh, and health and well-being, I've got to exercise it. Who would agree? How many people do it? Don't put your hands up. Um, we want to keep strong in our physical being. We want to be well. Uh, but we need to make sure that we have a regular uh, uh, routine of exercise, right? And so that's why I do my Kalates. Well, guess what? I have found it's exactly the same with my faith. If I want to keep my faith strong and healthy, guess what I need to do every single day? Exercise it. And so I have developed as well as having a a sort of a routine for my physical being, I've also developed a sort of a little exercise routine just uh, to make sure that I've been engaging my faith uh, and I do that every single day. Now... Uh, the only way that I can cope with the everyday stuff of life is to make sure I strengthen my faith by committing to a daily faith exercise program. And so this morning, this chat is all about uh, what I do in my uh, exercise program and in a way that hopefully will be of encouragement to you. And some of you may already have your own exercise, uh, faith exercise programs as well as your physical exercise programs, but I would so encourage you that uh, after hearing this, if you're saying, you know what, there's a few more things I might add into my routine, I'd so encourage you to do that because honestly, the sort of days that we're in requires us to have a really strong, healthy faith. Would you agree? Uh, In fact, I catch up with a lot of people throughout the week 
And, to, and, and really, honestly, very, very often, uh, what I'm being asked throughout the conversations is exactly this. Pastor Brennan, how do you go about keeping your faith strong and healthy? And, uh, and it's been, I've been asked it that often over the last couple of months that, uh, that I, I know in my heart of hearts the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly when I knew that I would be speaking this morning and said, you know what, the things that you've been asked uh, often about how do you keep your, your faith strong and healthy, I think it's important the whole church hears that. And so that's pretty much why we're here today having this chat. So here I go. Here are some of the things that I do on a regular basis in my faith exercise program to keep my faith strengthened or strong and healthy. Number one, I worship. And I'm not up here on the platform, as you might notice, leading people in worship. I mean, if you really wanted me to start singing, we'd probably all go home now because it's not that pretty, really. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, I believe that every single one of us is called to be worshippers. In John chapter 4, verse 24, it says, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in... Let me hear it again. In... There's no, no quicker way for you to get in touch with your spirit, with your heart, with your faith, than to worship. In Ephesians, listen to what it says. Paul says in Ephesians 5.19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Now listen to this. Singing and making melody in... Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Whether you can actually sing well or not, whether you're ever going to get up and lead other people in worship or not, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about being, a kind, being somebody that just has uh, in your spirit, in your heart, uh, melodies, songs. We were singing just today about how my melody is my weapon. And, uh, and, and so I would encourage us to make sure that as you've listened to worship music, that you actually let some of that start to resonate and settle in your spirit. Uh, listen, there's a little song that we've been singing, uh, not so much lately, but it says, Because of Christ, and it says, On a hill in Israel, mercy spoke for me. On a hill in Israel, mercy spoke for me. Um, I wake up quite regularly in the morning, first thing in the morning, and, I, and, th and that's what's on my heart. In fact, I've actually changed the words. I say, on a hill in Calvary, because I think it actually rhymes better. On a hill in Calvary, mercy spoke for me. Hey, listen, people. How, how many people know that when you just get up in the morning and the first thing is you're worshipping Jesus by simply letting out of your spirit coming that little, just one little line, which is what I mean by worship. I'm not talking about being able to worship, you know, sing the whole song. It's just there's a little lyric, a little line on my spirit, in my heart that comes out and, I've, and I hear myself saying, mercy spoke for me. How many people know that's a good way to start the day? Mercy spoke for me. Mercy called me. Mercy's rewritten my name, uh, rewritten my life. And so we get up in the morning and, and there's this, this, this heart that just wants to worship him. Um, it, at our last national conference, Pastor Wayne Elkhorn mentioned the hymn, Because He Lives, and the whole conference spontaneously broke out and started singing a song. And we had no music so we're not talking about necessarily having any music. It's just something that we all sort of have in our hearts. And that little song, Because He Lives, is something that I will often find myself humming. And so in a day, no matter where I am, I could be doing anything. I could be, who knows what you're doing throughout the day. But then all of a sudden, you just, you just find yourself humming. And this is what I mean by being a true worshipper. You just find yourself humming. There's a little song. There's something in your spirit and you just start finding, you, you, and you may, as you're humming it, you're singing the, the words, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. How many people know that song? 
a couple of the older ones, because he lives, I can face tomorrow, because he lives, all fear is gone. Because he lives, I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living, just because he lives. Listen to me. No matter what you're facing, if you've had that little song, that little worship, that little melody, I can face tomorrow, people. All fear is gone. Why? Because he lives. I'm ministering to my heart. I'm speaking truth. I'm worshiping. I'm doing it all day long. Not, when I say that, I'm not saying, I'm just saying it's always sitting there in my heart and, and in the middle of doing anything, I don't know what else, whatever I could be doing, uh, but it's not unusual for me to find myself humming little lyrics or lines or songs like, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. And it ministers to my spirit and it ministers to my faith and it strengthens my faith. All fear is gone, people, because he lives, right? And I know he holds the future. Why? Because he lives. Isn't that the truth? Whatever, whatever our future is, we're speaking truth. We're humming, we're worshipping in our heart. And I know he holds the future and life is worth the living just because he... Why is life worth the living? Because he lives. A lot of people start asking questions around, well, what is it all about? Well, because he lives, it's worth the living. The next thing I do is I verbalize my testimony. So people, be ready to start to develop that idea of being a worshiper. The next thing is I verbalize my testimony. Do you know how important your testimony is? Listen to what it says in Revelations chapter 12, verse 11. And they overcame him, the devil, by the blood of the lamb and by the... Can we hear it again? By the word of the... How important is your testimony, people? It's the way you overcome. By the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, they did not love their lives to the death. Most of us don't like reading the last part. But that part about by the word of your testimony, when was, the last, when was the last time you actually reflected on how you came to Jesus Christ? I mean, honestly, thought about how amazing it was that he touched your life in a way that has changed it forever. Some of us may even get a chance to even share that testimony or some of us might go, I had the opportunity but I just felt I didn't want to talk about it. Come on people, it's, it's a, such a powerful thing that we need to, as often as we can, verbalise our testimony even if you're talking it out to yourself. Wake up in the morning and remind yourself of how powerful it was the day that Jesus became real to you. I can't... I can't um, emphasize that enough reflecting on your testimony you know we sing a song and again uh, again it comes out of this uh, this idea of having these uh, lyrics on my heart but the song says you've been so so good to me oh, oh where would I would uh, oh to think where I would be if not for you you see there's a, there's a little lyric that resonates in my heart oh where would I be oh to think where I would be if not for you you're so so good to me and how many times do you take a minute and you, I'm starting to, to let, hum that little lyric and then I start thinking, Lord, I remember the day. And so then I start reflecting on how God touched my life in a way that changed me forever. For, you, might, you might say, well, Brendan, that didn't happen just like that for me. There was a journey. Well, how about taking time just to reflect on the journey, on how you came to know Jesus Christ as your own personal saviour? When was the last time that you actually verbalised that to yourself? I find that uh, doing that most days, most days I'm thinking about how, how good God was to me, that he touched my life in a way that changed me forever forever. 
and I'm actually reflecting and verbalizing on my own testimony, and I'm, and I'm really uh, uh, more than ever wanting when, not, 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 you know, you've got to do these things with wisdom, but where an opportunity arises, be prepared to go back over your testimony and verbalize your testimony. I think for so, so many of us, we just take our, our salvation for granted and we forget about it. But there's power in the word of our testimony. Am I right? And so uh, worship, verbalize your testimony. I would suggest you do this, if, if possible, sometime throughout every single day. By doing it every single day, it's, a, it's, a, 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 it's an anchor for me. I am constantly thanking him for his goodness and how he touched my life. And I'm reflecting on where would I be if it wasn't for him. Third thing, I pray a prayer of thanksgiving and gratitude. Listen, people, we need to do that every single day. We cannot go a day without giving him uh, a a prayer of thanksgiving and gratitude. Am I right? How many people know that in our spirit, sometimes when we we might say we're grateful, but we didn't take a time. Just, Just it doesn't take a lot of time. But in your day, and it can be, it can be. You know, you don't have to be in that. And I, I'm not saying that there are all sorts of ways of doing. it. If you want to take a moment in the morning and you want to sit quietly, and that's fantastic. If you if you've got the time to do that, if you haven't got time to do that, you've got other things going on. Or if in the evening might work for you. I don't care when you do it. But for me, I find that mornings are great. But then it's throughout the day that I find myself worshiping. Just a little humming in my heart. It's out throughout my day. I'm reflecting on how good God's been to me and how, how he came and touched my life. Just, it just, it just, I've made a practice of it. And, and, and it's become like my physical routine and exercise. It's, this is my spiritual routine and exercise. And this is another thing, praying a prayer of thanksgiving and gratitude. You know... Um, 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Rejoice always. How, long, how many times would we be rejoicing? Yeah. <laughs> Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. You see, in praying without ceasing, well, to me, this is the, what we're talking about. There's this constant ver- conversation going on between me and the Holy Spirit throughout the day. And so that, that pray without ceasing is like conversational prayer. And I would be hoping that that's for every single heart. But now look what it says. In everything, in everything give thanks. In everything give thanks. Philippians 4 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, listen to this, with thanksgiving, Present your request to God. You'll know, look, you know what? I've, I've, this is what I've found. We're so, we've got so many things going on in our lives that we make, we've got all these requests and we want to tell God about all these things that we want him to help us with and how he's going to help us do this and, and how he's going to stop that happening in my life and deal with this person in my life and all that. Thing. And we've got all these requests. And you know what? We, did, we forgot to start with the thanksgiving. Hello? Before we make a request, and he says to make our requests, but before we make a request, can we remind ourselves, can I start with a prayer of, I just want to give you thanks, Jesus. I just want to say thank you so very much for everything that you're doing in my life. You know, you you could start with things like this. And and I'm just, this was just mine this morning. I said, Father, I just want to thank you for your presence in my life. Hello. (laughs) Hello. 
How grateful are we? The Holy Spirit's indwelling me. I'm never alone. He's my constant companion. I just want to give you thanks for your presence in my life. I want to give you thanks for your friendship, Father. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for the way you're strengthening me to get through the stuff I've got to do. I want to thank you, Lord. I want to thank you for your peace. How many people know his peace gets you through it all? I want to thank you. Just take a moment to thank him for how much he's doing. What about the comfort of the Holy Spirit in the times when you need it? Father, I just want to give you thanks that I know I can count on you. I know you'll be there to comfort me. I know you're going to be there to give me the peace and the strength to get through whatever I've got to get through today. Rather than, can you make it all good for me, God, so that I can get through today? That's my request. No, no, but if I start with, Lord, I just want to thank you for the indwelling presence of your Holy Spirit and for the knowing that you're my constant companion and you're my friend. You're so, so good to me. You're so, so good to me. Mercy has spoken for me. (laughs) And I know you're with me. And I can face tomorrow. And so I can weave it all in together. The little lyrics, the worship, the the testimony, my prayer. It sort of all gets in there together. But we've got to have some time in our day when we actually gave him thanks just because we're so grateful for all that he's doing in our lives. Would you agree? Um, what about the privilege of living in a free country and having fresh water to drink? I mean, if you're really dragging the chain, you think, what am I going to give him thanks for? People, do you know how many other people... Do you know that we're living in, I think it's the, like the top 5% of the most privileged people in the world living in this country? I mean, seriously. And, and, and look, we won't get into it. I've got so much to go on with. But, but, but the, the statistics show that the more you've got, the less thankful you are. Did you know that's the truth? And the less you've got, the more grateful you get. That's just the way it is. How crazy, isn't it? We're living in such a privileged life, and yet we forget to just say thank you. Thank you so much for all that you're doing in my world. Listen to this one. Uh, All of these are generally on a daily basis. I study and memorize the scriptures. Now, a lot of people come to me and say, Pastor Brandon, how often do you read the scriptures? I say, I don't. I don't read the scriptures. And of course, by that time, they're just about, you know, they've dropped off the chair. And, uh, and I'm going, no, I don't read the scriptures. I study them. Now, I don't, I'm not saying that if you're the sort of person that I just like to read, I just like to read it and I just let it, you know, that's fine. I'm cool. I'm not telling you that you can't just read your Bibles. But I find for me that sort of just getting through my Bible and I've read a couple of chapters and I've sort of done it. Is go, that's okay, but a whole lot more happens for me when I stop and pause and study the Scriptures. And so I'd encourage every one of us to get a study Bible. Not just a, 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 a Bible that sort of gives you all the, you know, the Scripture, but go and get a study Bible. There's stacks of them to find. If you want to know more, please come and talk to me about it. But um, I have a, about three or four different study Bibles. I'm often referring to them. That, uh, and people, the good study Bibles will have, uh, at the beginning of every book that you read in the Bible, it'll tell you a whole bunch of things like the background of it, the history, the context, the literary co- context. And, and once you know a whole lot of what's actually happening when you're reading the Scriptures, it makes a whole lot more sense. 
Seriously, people, please start to study your scriptures. I'm not saying you can't read your scriptures, but if you're going to, but could you find time to study them? And then as I study them, I memorize them. 2 Timothy 3 says this All scriptures God breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness, so that, listen to it, the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We want to be thoroughly equipped for every good work? Study your Bible. It's as good as that. You really want to know that you're equipped for every good work? Study your Bible. At least once a week, memorize a scripture that has come to have true meaning for you. Uh, As you memorize it and meditate on it, uh, you allow it to be written on your heart so the Holy Spirit can speak to you when he needs to. You know, um, as I've studied the Bible and I've memorized it, then there are scriptures that have been written on the tablet or or on on the, the Bible says the fleshy parts of my heart. And so as I'm going through the day, the Holy Sp- I don't need my Bible. I don't have to get my, my phone out to look at a Bible. The Holy Spirit can bring those, those scriptures back to my memory. And, you know, like think, things like most people have heard me, do, I'm constantly on about Galatians 6, 9 says, Do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will, re- you will reap if you do not lose heart. People, if you just know one scripture, just that scripture, and you're in the middle of your day and stuff's getting hard and you're starting to lose heart, bang, the Holy Spirit comes back and says, hey, just remember, do not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season, Brendan, you're going to reap if you do not lose heart. And so uh, the, 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 the scriptures, the Holy Spirit is using the scriptures because I've been meditating on them and memorized them and they're in my heart. He uses them to speak to me. Listen, I can strongly encourage you to get hold of the Bible app. You know, well, the first, the first uh, Bible I ever read was a comic version of the Bible because I couldn't understand the Bible. I mean, I've just come to Jesus. I have no idea what's happened in my life. I haven't even been to church. I don't know anything about it. And somebody took pity on me and said, why don't you start with this? And they actually had a form back in the day. Oh, some of you younger ones, do you all know what a comic book is? Um, but, uh, but, but, you know, the, 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 they gave me this comic book. And it, had, it, it started off in Genesis and it had the, like a little comic book thingy. And that was the first Bible I ever read. Bible app. There's a brilliant Bible app. I'll talk a whole lot more about that. Um, and encourage you to find some form or way of reading scriptures. Some people like to listen to it being read to them. There's audio uh, things. There's a whole lot of ways that you can actually uh, get uh, fall in love with reading your Bible, studying your Bible, memorizing scriptures. Here's, here's the thing, quickly. Here's the thing that really medit- sits on my heart. It's something that, like, like I say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and... See, that's just sitting in my heart. And through the middle of the day, something's happening in my life. And I'm like, really? This is really not too how I'd like things to work out. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit will say this to me. And it does happen regularly. He'll say, Brennan, remember, this is the day I have given you. What did I ask you to do? (laughs) That's what he says to me. I say, rejoice and be glad in it. And he said, how hard is it? I'm Lord, you see what's going on in my life? But you see how the conversation starts? Because there's scripture in there. And the Holy Spirit just reminds me, Brennan, you're griping right now. I gave you this day. How about you get out over yourself and rejoice and be glad in the day that I have given you? Galatians 2.20 is probably one of the... It's probably my anchor scripture apart from the Galatians 6.9. There's a whole bunch of them. Um, the, you know, I love the one in uh, 2 Timothy 2, 6, 6 says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. 
Did you hear that? Godliness on its own is good. But if you, if you want the great gain, what have you got to do? Be content. Add contentment. The Holy Spirit's constantly saying that. It's in my spirit. He's like, Brennan, remember? Remember, godliness is good, but with contentment. That's where the great gain comes. This is how I exercise my faith. I'm constantly going through this routine. But Galatians 2.20 says this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God. Listen to this. In the Son of God who, gave, who loved me and gave his life for me. Did you hear it? Me. The word me. It's no longer I that live. Listen, I have been crucified with Christ. How about you? Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me in the life that I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. You let, that on, you, you let that be inscribed on your heart and you let the Holy Spirit bring that back to your attention at any moment during the day and I promise you, it'll change you. It'll put things back into perspective. Am I right? Listen to this. Not every day, but at least once a week, I get out into creation. How am I going for time? Yep, we're getting there. Um, I get out in creation. And I would so encourage you to take, at least once a week, get outside and get into creation. Um, Genesis 2.8 says, Now the Lord God had planted a garden in the east in the Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. And in Genesis 2.15 it says, The Lord God took the man and put him in the, and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to care for it. I think, I believe... By revelation understanding, it's important to note that God put Adam in a garden. He took his man, his created man, and he said, get out in creation. And I really believe, I do honestly believe this, that, that when I get out into creation, that the spirit of man, my spirit is refreshed when I get into creation. Listen, I'm just talking about... You know, like for some of us, you're like, oh, when I really want to get out in the garden, I don't do any gardening. I'm not talking about you've got to be a gardener, but just go out into the yard. Um, you know, uh, quite regularly, most of you have heard me talk about this, quite regularly, uh, when the nights are not too cold, uh, but, but quite regularly, I will go out and just stand in the backyard and look up at the stars. I think we've got an image of what I see. That was, is there an image up there? That image was taken on my phone, and that is, of course, the Southern Cross. And I just stood there and went, that's what I'm seeing. And there's so much, you just stand there, and I promise you, if you'll just stand there and, and, and just look up at the stars and start to think about how the, the, the Creator God is your Father and you're the, His child, and you just start to... to to, to marvel at, at his handiwork, it's going to do a whole lot more for your heart. Now listen to this. I think we've got a little uh, clip of, of a brook thing running. Have we got that? This is taken on my phone. I'm actually going for a walk uh, here through the Bunya Mountains. Going for a bush walk. Now, okay, I don't do that every... every uh, that was just, you know, once off. But uh, if I just be quiet for a minute... I just stood there silently and just listened. 
That'll be enough. People, you can do it. It's not hard. You don't have to go to the Bunya Mountains. You can just walk out in the backyard. You can look up at the stars. Actually, if you, and if you just want to walk out in the garden. You know, most mornings, not everyone because I'm not up that early, but I'll hear a bird. I can hear the bird starting to sing and I'll say, hey, good morning, how are you doing? Because I know that that bird is praising his, worship, his God. The Bible says all of creation worships their God. You get out in creation and all the flora and fauna is, is, is actually a worship to God. Am I right? Yeah. You, you could, look, go for a walk in a park. Do something. It's not that hard. But I so encourage you at least once a week, try to get out in creation. And then whilst you're there, just be still. I believe that when you're out in creation, it's a great place to find that, uh, to be still and to know that he is God. I just find that I can stop. Just stop and listen. Hear the birds. Hear nothing. Just be out there. Look up at the stars. Meditate on how great he is. Look at a flower. When was the last time you actually took the moment to smell a rose? I mean, seriously, you might think, I'm, Brendan, you're getting a bit off there, but seriously, take, it, take the time. Get out there. It'll only take you five minutes. I'm not talking about going out there and standing out there for an hour. Just take a moment. Just stand in the, in the, when the sun's out and then just stand in the sunshine. And I usually do this and I'm just like, Father, it's just so good to stand out here and I feel the warmth of the sun and I... I can hear some of the birds singing, and I'm just so grateful that I appreciate your creation. <clears throat> Quickly, I am constantly renewing my mind. This is a really, really powerful one. Uh, this, is, this is every single day, practically. Listen to 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought that, that is... Uh, to make it obedient to Christ. How many times do you find that your mind is constantly wandering and going into places that are actually against the things of God? Have you ever, ever taken a time to figure out how much that happens? Maybe you're all awesome. But if, for me, I find that if I'm not intentional, my mind goes wandering and I go off into places and I think, hang on, that's, got, that's not what the Bible teaches me. That's not what I believe. That's not where I, I don't understand. That's not, the, that's not who I want to be. You know, honestly, and so I've got to take every thought captive. Take it captive. I mean, stop for a moment and go, hang on, you don't belong there. That's not mine. I'm not having that. This is happening throughout the day, possibly every, you know, every second five minutes. I've got to stop and say, that's not on. I'm not doing that. Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 7 that we are in a war, people. Did you hear it? We're in a war. And by the way, that's the spiritual war. I hear a lot of people getting on about the spiritual war and it's all about fighting the devil. I've got to tell you, the devil was defeated 2,000 years ago on the cross at Calvary. Let's put it out there. He's defeated. He's a defeated foe. I do agree. He does still exist. And I do understand he's out there in the world influencing the world. But he is a defeated foe. No, my spiritual war is going on inside me between my spirit and my soul. How many people are up for the war? Come on, this is what I mean about taking captive every thought and imagination that exalts itself against the things of God. I have got to win that war. I need to be very careful about the sorts of things that are contrary to what the Bible tells me. And I need to, listen to me, I need to demolish those things. And the best way to do that is, is to replace them with that worship 
or a, or a, 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 a prayer of thanksgiving. The Bible teaches us that we should always be meditating on the things that are clean, lovely, pure, of good, of, of good report and virtue. I think, sadly, we don't realize that when we look at any screen, I don't care whether it's a, t- a phone, your TV, any screen, when you look at that screen, do you realize, do you actually take them into thinking how much you're feeding your soul? Hello? And is that stuff you're feeding your soul contrary to the things of God? And is it sowing thoughts into my mind that my spirit is going to have to battle and get into a war with? I promise you, take a moment. Be very careful about the things that you're feeding your soul with. Be diligent about what you're feeling, feeding your soul with. I Honestly, I'm flat out finding a thing that I could actually watch these days on TV or social media. I mean, social media is the pits, right? It's just the pits. Let's put it out there. I mean, if you're on social media, you know. But, but you need, if you're on social media, I promise you, for, would you spend as much time captivating every thought and imagination that takes its exalt against the things of God as you do watching the stupid stuff? Could you just do that for me? You'll be a whole lot better off. If you're going to spend an hour on social media, then spend an hour in your spiritual warfare of cleansing your soul. And getting the scriptures and getting the scriptures working for you. Last one, and uh, we, we didn't do too bad. Here's the last one. I pray in tongues. People, I find myself. Look, honestly, this is not. I get it. Not every one of us is praying. You know, is, is exercising the gift of, of being able to pray in tongues. But the Bible does tell us that if we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, and all of us, baptism in the Holy Spirit, this is not being indwelt by the Holy Spirit, and we're, we're a Pentecostal church, so there's a whole lot more in this. But, but for those of us who know what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, pray in tongues. If you can't pray in tongues, I'm not saying, oh, does that mean that it's not going to be... No, no, I'm just saying it would be great if you came and asked. I'd love to talk to you, get some people around you. Let's just start praying with you to be able to start exercising the gift of being able to speak in tongues because it really does help. In Jude 1, it says this, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up, hear me? By building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. That praying in the Holy Spirit means praying in those other tongues. And what am I doing when I do that? I'm building myself up in my most holy in, in the most holy faith. If you can pray in tongues, don't ignore it. For those who can't yet, I would so encourage you to come and ask questions about it. But for those who can, I promise you, I find myself, and I look, I'm not, I'm not going, oh, this is the time I'm going to go and, and, and I'm going to stand in the closet. I'm going to go and st- I'm going to start praying in tongues. I promise you, it doesn't happen like that. I can be just driving in the car. I mean, I could be just having a shave. I could be doing anything. And all of a sudden, I just find it coming out of my spirit. I'm just praying in tongues. And it doesn't, it's not going to go on for 10 minutes. It might just be for two seconds. But I just found in my spirit I'm praying in tongues. I found in my spirit I'm just worshipping. I find in my spirit I've just got a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving. I find that I'm often just reflecting on the goodness of God and, and, how, and how I came to know Him. It's daily. It happens all the time. I memorize the scriptures. It's not me. I don't live anymore. I live in Christ and he's the one who died for me and he, and he loves me. 
You've got to do it, people. Do you know in, in uh, Hebrews chapter 7, it says this, that now that we're under the covenant of grace, under the covenant of law, you could not do this, but under the covenant of grace, because now the Holy Spirit lives in us, lives in us Hebrews 7 says that we are continually being drawn near to God. The Holy Spirit is constantly saying, come on, come on, come on, commune with me, come on. And I promise you, if if we do this, willfully just ignore that, we're doing ourselves a huge disservice. I honestly believe that. It's nearly like you don't have to force yourself to want to draw near to God. Now that the Holy Spirit lives within us, He's constantly drawing you because of the new covenant of grace that we live in. Don't ignore the Holy Spirit who's constantly saying, please come nearer, please come nearer to me. Come on, let's commune. Let's talk together. Let's do these things. I know, I know this. I know this. I promise you I do know how hard it is. It's not easy to find the time and the discipline to maintain a rigorous physical exercise program, let alone a spiritual faith exercise program. But can I please, with everything within me, urge you today to be really, really intentional about strengthening your faith to cope with the everyday stuff of life. Honestly, you have to be on this. There's too much stuff out there, people. And and I promise you, I hear it so many times, so many people great, loving, good people saying to me, Brendan, but there's so much stuff getting around and I just feel like my faith's getting battered left and right and how do you maintain this? Please, to be able to handle the stuff that's constantly imposing itself on us, could I so encourage you, make sure that today is the day that you decide I will come up with my own faith exercise program. Amen? Father, Holy Spirit, you are constantly drawing us nearer to you. You so want to commune with us. And I so pray, Father, for all of us here and everyone online who's hearing this message, for every single one of us, Lord, that we would not ignore the desperate need to not just have physical exercise, but our spiritual faith exercise. Lord, help us to be worshippers. Help us to be those who are just grateful and remember how, how, how good you are to us and how you touched our lives forever. Help us to be people who can appreciate your creation creation. We thank you, Father, for all these things in Jesus' name. And every heart said, Amen. Amen. God bless you so much. Have a fantastic rest of your day.